96.7 FM WTOB. And you're once again listening to The Wealth Guardian Show with Doug Ray, helping you to retire the job and keep the paycheck. I'm your host, Doug Ray, and with me is Mr. Bryce Payne. Bryce, can you believe we're now less than two weeks from Christmas? I can't. It seems like uh, I was just watching the uh, Super Bowl of 2023 just a few weeks ago, but uh, now it's only a few weeks away. Time flies fast it, when you're it, over 50. It does indeed. And well, before <laughs> even the Super Bowl, it's the uh, it's the college games that are uh, going to be having their championship games. Uh, how did your uh, Army fare against Navy here this uh, last weekend? It wasn't good. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of – I was really pulling for Army because that would have enabled the Air Force to keep their Commander-in-Chief trophy, but now it's going to go over to the Navy, and nobody wants to see that. But uh, anyway, uh, speaking of, of the Army and Navy and all of that, let's go ahead and give our Wealth Guardian Service salute out to our uh, men and women in uniform who uh, protect the old Stars and Stripes week in and week out, month in and month out, 24-7. Uh, we know particularly at this time of year that's a tough time to be away from your family and serving wherever it is you might be. And it's tough for the families as well. So we want to just take a moment and acknowledge that the uh, sacrifices you make are not uh, forgotten or uh, left behind with us. So thank you for everything that you do and uh, we here at the wealth guardians extend our uh, heartfelt uh, what we call the wealth guardian service salute to you indeed uh, we do all right and doug thank you for your service as well garrett's not here uh this week but uh, he'll be back and uh, garrett served as well so thanks to you both for uh uh allowing the wealth guardians to uh uh do what they did for the, the country as well. All right, so what we're going to talk about here, Doug, in this uh, first segment and in the second segment as well is uh, how retirement has and is going to continue to change, at least the financial fundamentals of retirement mm-hmm. has changed, going to continue to change uh, as the next 10, 20 years go on compared to perhaps the way our grandparents retired and the way our uh, parents uh, funded uh, retirement. And uh, there's going to be some interesting things for us to think about as we are approaching retirement. So if you're out there 50, 60 years old, you haven't retired yet, and you uh, you think that you're going to be retired for 20, 30 years, here's, uh, this show would be for you and talking about things that you need to consider as far as how you're going to be funding your, your retirement. And one of the first things we're going to talk about here, Doug, is the big one, the stability of the Social Security system. Yeah, you know, that is, unfortunately for a lot of people, that is their only income in retirement. I think you have to look at changes coming in the Social Security system. Uh, they're going to have to be. I mean, math is math. Math is math. Yeah. You know what was when it first started out? What was the ratio of workers to uh, people actually on their benefits? It, it was, was a couple hundred to one. Yeah, it was huge, and now it's going to be inverted uh, three to one soon, and then probably twenty, thirty years down the road. It's going to be even less than that, maybe one to one, because you know we're not having uh, as many people and the baby boom generation is retiring in droves right so social security's got to be reformed in some capacity i'm certain they're going to increase the uh, uh full retirement uh, age uh, at some point, it'll probably go to 70 for right. maybe your it, generation. It, it might be. Yeah. So don't don't take what Doug just said there. If you're 65 years old and about to file for Social Security, yeah. any changes that they put as far as who's going to be eligible for Social Security, what the amounts are going to be, that's for somebody who is 50 years or younger. That's how the Congress will inevitably do the changes to that. But uh, as Doug was saying, Social Security has really gone through a number of changes uh, through the decades. It was started in the 19. 
1920s and the early the full retirement age back then was 62 but life expectancy was around 60 back at that point exactly so it was really just for covering somebody in retirement not from the start of retirement but if they lived a longer than normal life back then. And that's not what we consider Social Security today. No, I mean, nowadays, if, you, if you're 62 years old and you're a man, a male, uh, your life expectancy is 85. Right. So you're going to be drawing on benefits for two decades or more. Right. And that was not the way it was originally designed. So Social Security has gone through a number of changes throughout. It's uh, getting, getting about 100 years now. Um, and it's going to continue, but I know a lot of people out there will hear about, well, in 1934 or 2000, uh, sorry, 2034, Social Security is going to go bankrupt. Well, that's not really true. What's going to happen in 2034 is that um, the trusts of the Social Security are going to be empty. And therefore, the only way that they'll be able to fund Social Security is through the money coming in from the payees into Social Security at that point. At this stage, there's only going to be about enough money to cover 75% of those costs mm-hmm. as far as what they're, they're paying out to Social Security recipients. So they're going to have to make some changes on that. But those changes will happen. But it, again, Social Security might look a little bit different in the future than what it does now. Uh, the next one we want to talk about, Doug, that is going to change uh, the horizon for retirement is health care costs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the affordability of health care, as we all know, is... Uh, well, the expenses are going up and up and up. And, uh, you know, if, you, if you're in the hospital for a day, I mean, that's thousands of dollars. And, you know, one of the problems we have right now is Medicare and Medicaid, the funding of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the unfunded liability on both of those topics is in the trillions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning that what they're looking at is down the road, 20, 30 years, how many of the Americans are going to be on Medicare and Medicaid, and how much money do we need today to fund that obligation? Right. Where's the money coming from, Bryce? Yeah. You know? So we'll be in, talking about taxes here in a minute, but, uh, you know, hang on. And people think, well, I'm, that's okay. I'm going to be on Medicare. That's going to cover 100% of my costs. No, that's not that's not the way Medicare works. And um, out-of-pocket healthcare expenses in retirement becomes a larger and larger percentage of what your overall expenditures are. You, you could look back and say 50 years ago, uh, health, I'm, I'm using a, a, a made-up number here, so don't take this literally, but uh, healthcare costs made up maybe 10% of somebody's budget in retirement. Well, now that number has more than doubled. Yeah. You know, you're right about Medicare. Uh, parts A and B pay about 80%. So then you have to get a supplement. Um, I'll give you my case history. This year I had spine surgery, mm-hmm. and I'm on Medicare. Thank God I, I had really good supplements, so I didn't have to pay anything out of pocket. Oh, that's nice. Oh, yeah, and it was $100,000 plus wow. expense. Yeah. yeah. So that's that, that's another thing that we have to consider in the future, that health care affordability is going to make up a larger and larger portion of our monthly and yearly budget. Uh, also consider this, Doug, um, that uh, – the healthcare, gosh, I forgot what I was going to say well, here. But. Let's talk about this. As we get older, we know we're going to become uh, more and more frail, and we're going to need more and more yeah. healthcare. Right. Uh, so you're going to be straining the system as you age. And right. I said a moment ago, a male 62 has a life expectancy of 85. And and what happens as you get closer to life expectancy? 
is you do get frailer. You're going to need more medications, more trips to the to the doctor. Right. Uh, there may be a long-term care or a home health care need all wrapped up in that, and we all know how much that costs. Right, right. And what I was going to say there uh, when, I, when I had brain fog there for a second is uh, the inflation rate on health care is the leading part of inflation. So if we have a total inflation rate in a year, say 8%, you can count on that health care was probably close to 15% mm-hmm. of that. So it's a leading in, uh, part of the uh, of the high inflation that we have, and it's going to continue that way. All right, the last one we want to cover here in this first segment before we go to break is tax rates in mm-hmm. the next decade. And Doug, uh, you, Garrett, and I were just down at a seminar in uh, Charlotte this last week talking about the future of taxes. A lot of really interesting statistics that came out of that, but mm-hmm. the, the, you can sum it up with the, with the word math. Exactly. Taxes are going to go up in the future because of math. Mm-hmm. There is no way around it that uh, in the future, uh, the, based on the tax rates that we have now, the government would not even be able to meet our obligations to overseas debt. Here's the thing. We're at $34 trillion in debt right now. That is growing a trillion dollars a year plus. When we hit $50 trillion, the entire tax revenue that we have now is going to go to paying the interest on that debt. On, the, on those debts. And no, here's the other nothing thing. Nothing for the military, nothing for anything else. Here's the other thing. As these uh, T-bonds mature and they have to be replaced, they're getting replaced at much higher interest rates than they were 10 years ago. So that's adding even more pressure onto the system. And, and keep in mind, too, the U.S. Um, rating went down a little bit this year uh, in Moody's. Exactly. And so that means that, that if we want to issue more bonds, we're just going to have to pay a, offer a higher interest rate on those bonds exactly. now. So it's, it's not going to get any better. So those are three things. So we're going to cover another three here in the second segment on how uh, retirement is changing and the financials of retirement is changing in the future compared to what uh, our parents knew or what we might have seen our grandparents go through. Now, now, we do have to go to a break, but uh, before we do that, we always ask Doug a trivia question here. And uh, Doug, it's, it's, it's one around your birthday time. Your birthday is what? December 24th. December 24th. So on December 25th, Doug, 1776. December, I wasn't here then. You weren't here then. December 25th, 1776, George Washington led the Continental Army across the Delaware River into Trenton, New Jersey, mm-hmm. in a surprise attack on the British forces that had celebrated Christmas Eve well into the night before. Caught him off guard. Washington's troops, before crossing over, numbered 5,400 at the start of the crossing. Washington's brigade of 2,400 was the only one that made it across. The other 3,000 didn't make it. Nah, it didn't mean that they perished in the river. They just right. weren't able to get across. But so, get across. The, so they didn't get across. The other brigades failed to meet uh, at Washington at the New Jersey side meeting point. Washington's troops were able to capture the 1,000 remaining British troops with only four casualties to Washington's side. I didn't know that. Mm, I didn't only, either. Only 4,000, or well, four deaths on Washington's side. This victory accomplishment marked Washington's, one, A, first victory, 10th victory, 25th victory, or 40th victory in that war. Okay. All right? Got it. All right. So we're going to take a break here. We're going to come back on the other side of that as Doug ponders the uh, possibilities of Washington's uh, superiority as a general there. We hope uh, uh, you'll join us on the other side of this break. I'm Bryce Payne. With me is Doug Ray. The show is The Wealth Guardians, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. And this is 96.7 FM, WTOB. 96.7 FM, WTOB. 
You're listening to The Wealth Guardian Show with Doug Ray, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. I'm Bryce Payne, along with Doug Ray. And in this second segment, we're going to continue talking about how retirement and the funding of retirement is changing in the future compared to what your parents and your grandparents might have known. Uh, Now, we asked Doug a trivia question as we always do. And I think he knows that I can tell by the, the gleam in his eyes <laughs> that he knows the answer to this one. But uh, before we get to his answer, I want to see what your answers are to the following two questions. Are you looking forward to your retirement? Okay. Do you want to make sure that you're making the best financial decisions for your retirement? So I know that you answered yes to both of those questions, which is great. So I've got great news for you. We here at The Wealth Guardians offer a no cost, no obligation, second opinion slash review of your retirement plan. This includes a deep analysis of your assets, your investment portfolio, your insurance policies, your income needs, your risk tolerance, your risk exposure, your tax mitigation strategies, that's a really important part of it, your legacy goals, and the fees that you are currently paying. And here's our goal. It's not complicated. We want to help you lower your fees. We want to help you align your risk and improve your overall retirement picture so you can indeed retire the job and keep the paycheck. But here's the thing. The ball is in your court. You have to give us a call. So here's how you do that. Our phone number is 336-391-3409. That's 336-391-3409. Give us a call or visit us at thewealthguardians.com to set up your financial plan review with Doug, Garrett, and myself today. I want you to remember the markets aren't going to wait for you. Okay, so now having gone through all that, let's go through the trivia question one more time for Doug. Doug, here it is. On December 25th, 1776, one day after your birthday, your birthday is December 24th, George Washington led the Continental Army across the Delaware River into Trenton, New Jersey, in a surprise attack on the British forces that had celebrated Christmas Eve well into the night before. Washington's troops originally numbered at 5,400 at the start of the crossing. However, only 2,400 troops, and that was Washington's specific brigade, made it across. The others didn't make it across. Then They had to retreat, or for whatever reason, didn't even start. So those other brigades failed to meet uh, Washington at the New Jersey side. So they anticipated having 5,400 there. They only had 2,400. Washington's troops were able to capture the 1,000 remaining British troops in Trenton, New Jersey, with only four casualties on Washington's side. That's a huge, huge uh, win for Washington. This accomplishment marked Washington's which victory? His first victory, his 10th, his 25th, or his 40th? I want to be very clear. My birthday was not December 24, 1776. I didn't say that. I said that you, I said, didn't say that. It was not meant to imply that. Okay. So that definitely was the turning point of the war. It was. Because Washington had lost every battle up to that one. And interestingly, we found out that um, my wife, one of her ancient ancestors on her mom's side, was with Washington on that crossing. Oh, is that right? Yeah. That is a cool cool fact yeah. to have on your on yeah. your uh, lineage that's very nice yeah in our in one of our conference rooms we call the washington conference room we have a, a print of washington down Crossing on one the knee yep. he's down on one knee oh right and, and and he's praying right before the cross right and his horse is right beside him and then we have the actual picture of him in the crossing up on our conference room monitor that's right that's right two iconic uh, images there of washington i was not aware that that was washington's first victory yeah so you know maybe if you're one of the troops there crossing that icy river um 
you're not wanting to go to into battle that day, particularly because you celebrate Christmas. Well, he as had well. a lot of deserters. I mean, the, the Continental Congress was not paying the army, right? So he was losing people left and right. And yeah. Had he not won that victory, oh, that would we wouldn't be here. We'd all be speaking British today. Yes, that's right. That's right. All right. So uh, good, good job there, Doug. You got that one just perfectly. Okay. So uh, let's move now to our uh, our topic, uh, continuing from the first segment: how the funding and the financials of retirement is changing going into the. Uh, into the next couple of decades here. So we talked about in the first segment, we talked about the stability of Social Security, healthcare affordability in the future, and tax rates in the next decade and why those have to go up. Let's talk now, we're kind of going back a little bit to healthcare, but let's talk specifically about long-term care, Doug. Long-term care is certainly something that we need to plan for. And I will tell clients, uh, we can plan for a a rate of inflation. We have to make an assumption on a rate of inflation going into the future. We don't know what that rate will be, so we have to plan for something. We have to make an assumption on what the cost of living adjustment is going to be on Social Security. We don't know what it'll be, so we have to make an educated guess there. And then the same thing goes for your average rate of return on your investments. What is that going to be? We could be a little bit off on all of those, and that's not going to generally wouldn't blow up somebody's retirement plan. Right. But what could blow up somebody's retirement plan is not calculating for long-term health care costs. Mm-hmm. This has really changed in the last 40 years from what our parents and our grandparents went through in, uh, in health care expenses and long-term care expenses. People are spending more and more time in long-term care facilities, thanks to uh, memory care units being out there. You know, if your body is older and you're going in, you might only be in there for one to two years. Right. But if you're going in there for uh, dementia or something along those lines, you could be in there for 10 years or longer. Right. And what is a typical private room in a skilled nursing facility or a memory care unit today in North Carolina? It's, it's over $8,000. Eight, eight to 9000 Right. Yeah, a month. So, so that's on top of, in most cases, on top of your other expenditures that you had in retirement. Mm-hmm. Because you might have a spouse that's still living in the house, still needs to heat that house, still needs to put groceries, uh, have the utilities going on and all that. So that is something that could blow up a, a uh, retirement plan. And so talk a little bit about the importance of, of um, looking ahead for long-term care. Doug. You know, people say, oh, gee, it's not going to happen to me or my wife will take care of me. Mm. Face the facts. You know, at some point in time, 70% of us are going to need some form of long-term care or home health care. And whether it's just uh, rehab from uh, a fall and broken hip or something like that, or it's something, as Bryce said, more serious and long-term in nature like dementia, Alzheimer's, that kind of thing, uh, you got to be prepared for it. You know, a lot of people will say, okay, Medicaid's going to take care of it for me. Not necessarily. As we talked in the first segment, you know, there's a lot of financial stress on Medicaid right now. In fact, they're making it harder and harder for people to qualify. Uh, for Medicaid. They're going to increase that look back at some point. So you've got to have some kind of a program in your retirement plan for long-term care, whether it's the old-fashioned long-term care or the new asset-based long-term care. Uh, The old-fashioned long-term care policies are expensive. They're hard to qualify for. In fact, they're harder to qualify than life insurance, believe it or not. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Because you're you're probably going to use it before you you die, right? You know that's just pure statistics, right? And you know the thing about the old fashioned long term care is if you don't ever need it, then it's you've lost the premiums. Yeah, 
yeah, use it, your old fashioned use it or lose it type of insurance, but exactly. that's not what the asset based long term care is. So if you have thought about getting long term care, um, or, or wondered how expensive is it? Is it something that you can afford? You know, Doug mentioned there for a second, well, I, I think my spouse will take care of me or I'll take care of my spouse. Over 60% of the time, the spouse that is providing the long-term care for the one who is ailing mm-hmm. is the one that passes away first. And this happened to my brother and his uh, his wife and her family. And uh, her, her father was being provided for by the mother. The mother passed away first. And uh, my brother's wife, my sister-in-law, had to move into uh, her um, childhood home to take care of her dad for his remaining years. So you don't want to count on... Uh, taking care of your spouse for their remaining years. You're not going to be able to necessarily help them shower or help them get dressed in the morning. So you, you want to you plan in a, in a more professional and logical way than that. And if you would like to sit down with Doug Garrett and myself to talk about how a long-term care um, plan fits into your overall financial plan, we offer a no-cost, no-obligation uh, review of your entire plan to see how it may fit in there, what is affordable, what isn't affordable. Uh, but we go along, Doug, way beyond just uh, healthcare costs. We go into uh, tax mitigation strategies and portfolio allocation strategies and all of that and um, um, distribution strategies. And there's no cost or obligation to sit down with us. So I would implore somebody to give us a call at 336-391-3409. You can also visit us at our website, thewealthguardians.com. It's usually a four-meeting process, uh, but it's very enlightening, Doug. We have people who um, go through our, our four-meeting process, tell us that it is the most in-depth and holistic planning process they've ever been through. Yep. And, Absolutely. And uh, I agree with that. I've, I've never had somebody come to us and say, well, you know, the other planning and process I did with these advisors over here was a little bit more thorough than yours. We never get never that. Never heard from. that one. <laughs> never. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. So that covers our first one there. Um, uh, long-term care options. Let's now talk about private pensions, Doug. This Actually, is a- I want to turn that around. With the little time we got left, okay. I want to talk about the stock market. Okay. Because I think this is important. Okay. You know, a lot of people think they have their money in the stock market. They're going to make that 10% per year. and That's going to pay for my long-term care. It's going to pay for my retirement and all that stuff. Here's what I think you got to come to, to terms with. Yes, we've had a great market from the market bottom in March of 2009. I think it's averaged uh, well more than 10% a mm-hmm. year. In fact, we did a vault episode. That's our podcast. You can find it on the Wealth Guardian's YouTube channel. And um, – what we know about the cycles in the market is when we have periods of overperformance, and I think we averaged 13 and 14% <laughs> since the 09 bottom, you have years of underperformance. Mm-hmm. It's called the regression to the mean. That's how you get that 9 to 10% per average over a 75 year period of time. My big fear is that folks retiring today are going to experience a decade or more of less than average returns in the stock market. So if you're counting on 9 to 10% per year, you better dial it back to 4 or 5%. That's right. And, you know, when we do our retirement planning, like Bryce was just talking about, we don't put in a 10% rate of return, not even a 7% rate of return. We use a reasonable expectation of 5%. 
because if we're going to be wrong, I want to err on the conservative side. Absolutely. Under promise and over deliver is hopefully the the strategy that we're using there. And uh, unfortunately, uh, thanks, Doug, for clarifying all of that and going into the the market and how that's going to look for the the oncoming years in retirement. That's all the time that we've got this weekend. I do want to thank you for joining us. We hope the rest of your weekend is everything you want it to be. I'm Bryce Payne, along with Doug Ray, the show's The Wealth Guardians, helping you retire the job and keeping the paycheck. I do want you to remember that sound financial plans do not create themselves. And this is 96.7 FM WTOB. Investment advisory services offered through AlphaStar Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. AlphaStar Capital Management, LLC, and Wealth Guardians are independent entities. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Insurance products and services offered through individually licensed and appointed agents in various jurisdictions.